This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. We're starting today a brand new series called Knocking on My Door. One of the things I love about God is that whether you realize it or not, God today is knocking on the door of your life. Now, God does not bombard. He does not barge his way in without being requested or invited. Because he is a gentleman, because he is kind, and because he has a social IQ. Anybody ever grow up with an uncle or a cousin that just walked into your house? Didn't even ask, didn't even knock? We don't serve the God that just does whatever he wants to do. Revelation 3.20, watch what it says. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and I am knocking on the door of your heart. I am knocking on the door of possibility of your life. I Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And notice the word that he puts there. And if, translation, it's up to you. It's your decision. If you will allow me, if you'll open the door, then I will come in and I will sit and I will dine with you. Translation, God wants to have Chick-fil-A with you. You're my number one. Come on, it was right there. I had to take it. Come on, I had to say it. God wants to come and dine with you. He wa- now, God is trying to establish relationship, not religion. He wants to conversate. He wants to see how you're doing. He wants to talk to you about his plans. He wants to reveal his purposes. He doesn't say, behold, I stand at the door and I knock so I can correct you, so I can shame you, so I can bully you, so I can get you into my system. No, behold, I stand at the door and I knock because I want to sit down and I want relationship. Come on, Zoe, are you grateful today? We serve the God of relationship. We serve the God of intimacy. We serve the God of grace. Now, why does God talk about doors? Because Jesus himself said, I am a door. In fact, John 10, look what he says in verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and he'll find pasture. Translation, Jesus said, I am the door to heaven. There is no way to the Father except through me. So God and the Bible know a thing or two about doors because Jesus himself is a door. I love this about God because God, I feel like God is saying to Zoe, I want to teach you about doors. I want to teach you about how they work. Come on, Los Angeles. We live in the city that wants an open door. Before you realize the power and the possibility of a door, you got to realize that God himself is knocking on your door. God is knocking on the possibility of who you can become. God is trying to get onto the inside of your life so he can establish his love and his rulership in your life. Come on clap today if you're grateful that God loves you enough come on to keep on knocking right down the title of today's message is called someone's at the door 
Someone's at the door. And whether you realized it or not before today, it is Jesus himself that is at the door. Someone's at the door and his name is God. He is knocking on the door of your life. And I'm believing that today you will, by the power of free will, you will go, you will open the door and you will allow the king of kings to come in and dine with you. Once he dines with you, you'll never be the same. He'll establish his kingdom in your life. Amen. Amen. By the way, I forgot to acknowledge, and I want to give a huge shout out to everybody that's getting baptized after this service. Can we clap for them? Come on, let's really make some noise. That is so fantastic. I just got back from the valley. I said, I saw two people wearing the, the baptism shirt. I said, these two people are getting baptized here. Stand to your feet. I only thought there was two. And then the rest of them thought, well, I don't want them to get the glory. I want some of the glory. So four girls, they stood and they were like this. You know, like, recognize me. <laughs> so if you're getting baptized, we as a church want to get around uh, the baptism tub. And we're going to go crazy for the declaration you're making that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And you've allowed him to come in and dine with you. Amen to that. Come on, Zoe. If one of us claps, we all got to clap. Come on, let's pray today and believe that God will come and speak. Jesus, we thank you that you are Lord. You are good. You are who you say you are. And you can do what you said you would do. We ask by the power of your spirit, open up our eyes so we can see you. And open up our ears so we can hear you. Give us the strength and the obedience to open up the door and allow you to come in. We thank you for who you are. And God, we are praying and we are thanking you in advance that you have opened up a door for the Lakers, that they will win the NBA championship this year. In Jesus' name, and we all sit together. Come on, Angelinos, let's clap and thank God. We didn't ask for the door. God just opened the door. Favor. Favoring favor. Okay. Um, I hope that you had a great um, Holy Wing I hope that you enjoyed your Harvest Fest. My family and I, we had a great Harvest Fest. We got all, we were go, go Power Rangers for the glory of God. And, um, and um, I don't know why, but we had to take our kids to school the next day. They, they, no kid should have to go to school the next day after Harvest Fest. So we went and we dropped our kids off at school the next day. And we were all trying to recover from our uh, sugar hangover. And we're driving the car. And my wife looks at me and she says, babe, I want to put our Christmas tree up today. It's November the 1st. She's like, babe, I want to put the Christmas tree up today. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so savage. The Bible says we do not put up our Christmas tree until Thanksgiving. Okay, Jesus is Lord. So, so she's like, no, but she's like asking for November 1st. And she reminded me, she said, last year I didn't even get to put up a tree. Last year we didn't even have a house because we were remodeling the house. So we're living with some people here in the church. God bless them. They had us with us six weeks. And, um, and so bless them. And so... And, and so she's, she reminded me, last year I didn't even get to, you know, so I get an extra month this year. And so I, I was like, well, no, that's, that's asking a lot. So we're compromising. Next week is going up. So like I have a say, we, she just got too busy. Anyways, but, um, but, but it was making me think, it was, it was reminding me, last year this time we were remodeling the house. 
And now our house, if we live in this house, we remodeled it. Like we stripped it down to the studs and we remodeled everything, like the whole thing. Like we, we, we put in new floors. We painted the inside and the outside. We put a new roof on that thing. We put HVAC in that thing. We put a brand new kitchen in. We, we put got the closet people to come do the closets. Like we did the whole tile in the outside. We did the whole house. The only thing we didn't touch was the front door. The front door still looks like the most nasty, ratchety, old, rugged cross door you've ever seen in your life. Like the door, like if you would come to our house and knock on the door, I'd be like, are you sure they remodeled? We opened the door like, oh, they did remodel. But the door's just old. It's been there. And we swore when we moved in, we were like, oh, we're going to replace this door right away. A year later, it is still the same door. And I'm not a prophet, but next year this time, it'll probably be the same door, Okay. I want to talk today about how God has been knocking on the same old door of your heart. He has been knocking, declaring, and asking, and begging to come in and to make his home in you. I love this about God, that we serve the God that doesn't offer you this knock once, but he stands daily and knocks for the power and the potential of your future. Let me give you a few things to write down today, but write down number one, open the door to God. you got to open the door and let God come in. Now, we serve the God that, listen, if you've been running from grace, if you've been running from Jesus, if you've been running from the goodness of God, let me just remind you, you can run, but you can't hide. God's going to keep on knocking. He's going to keep on pursuing. He's going to keep on loving. Come on, anybody thankful that it's not a one-time knock? Come on, even when you're in rebellion, even when you are unfaithful, even when you turn your back, he keeps pursuing. We serve the God that has an unrelenting love. His love is relentless. His love is pursuing. His love desires you. Oh, I love the way Luke 15 describes it. Luke 15, watch it. Watch, watch how Jesus says this. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which was lost until he finds it? Translation, God's going to keep on knock until you open that door. We do not serve the God that knocks out of anger. We do not serve the God that knocks out of wrath, judgment, shame, guilt. You ever be around somebody that's like, who taught you how to knock? You ever ever have a friend that's a bad knocker? Like, did your parents teach you how to knock? My parents taught me how to do a proper knock. When you go to a door, you give them a nice, a nice little tap. It's an appropriate knock. It's a godly knock. That says, I'm not aggressive. I'm kind. I love Jesus. I'm here for you. You get a friend that doesn't know how to knock, you hear the knock, you're like. like one of our Zoe Leadership College students, former Zoe Leadership College students, that's not a shot's fired. That's a reality. Used to be with us, my man George. He's from New York. New Yorkers knock different. When he knocks on the door, I think, what is wrong? He comes to the door, he's like, 
I'm like, oh my gosh, are we okay? God knocks not out of where are you going and where have you been and what is wrong with you. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. It's a gentle knock. It's a gracious knock. In fact, the reality is why I open the door is because it's his love. It's his grace. Come on, thank him today. It's his kindness. In fact, write this down. His kindness keeps winning me over. It's how kind he is. It's not what he does. It's who he is that wins in my life. Look at Romans chapter 2 verse 4. I love this scripture. Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that it is his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? What would allow me to open the door? It would be his kindness. It would be his character. It would be his patience. It would be his long suffering. It would be the character and the nature of my God that would say, I want a guy like that to come in and dine with me. It will not be because he tells me how bad I am. It will be because he tells me how much he loves me. Look at Jeremiah 31. I love this scripture. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you in. It is his love. It is his kindness. It is his mercy. In fact, the Hebrew word for kindness, we don't have an English translation for it. So in order to define God's kindness, you would have to use words like mercy, compassionate, pity, love, graciousness, gentleness, all to describe the kindness of our God. Come on, has God been kind to anybody here today? Why don't you give him a kind praise because of the kindness of our God? Look at Psalm 145. I love this scripture. You're kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it and very patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its riverbanks. God is kind to people that don't deserve kindness. God is faithful to people that are unfaithful. God has shown up in our life and he keeps knocking and he's saying, I'm knocking not because you're good. I'm knocking because I'm good. I'm knocking because of my faithfulness, not your faithfulness. We don't serve the God of conditional love. We serve the God of unconditional love. He is a God of pursuit. He is a God of desire. He says, I'll leave the church folk to go find you and I'm going to knock. It won't be, it won't be a knock that startles you. It won't be a knock that you cannot hear. It sounds like heaven. It sounds like, oh, I've heard that knock. That's the knock of my Savior. And it's that kindness, it is that character, it is that nature that allows us to say, come. Come and, come and dine with me. It will only be his love. By the way, you can fail God, but God won't fail you. You, you can turn your back on God. God won't turn his back on you. In fact, write down number three. His love will never leave. It just is going to keep staying and keep knocking and keep pursuing and keep desiring. His love will never fail you. His, that, that the love of God. Watch Romans chapter 8. I love Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers... Neither the height nor the depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. 
Nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate Listen, you've got to understand, you might have felt like there is separation between you and God, but God just stands at the door and he knocks. No, no, no. I've got freedom for you. I've got purpose for you. I've got salvation for you. I've got generosity for you. I've got kindness for you. You haven't separated from me. Nothing you've done can separate. Come on, praise him today. Nothing you've done will ever separate you from the love that's in Jesus. That's why Ephesians 3, look at the prayer of Paul. Ephesians 3, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. Watch this. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. He's saying the love of God, it is so high. The other day we took our kids uh, to this, um, it was a, a play area where they would attach, you know, like ropes to our kids and they got to climb up. It was like a, what, what's it called, babe? She doesn't even know. <laughs> Rock climbing, tough word. <laughs> Couldn't find it. But there it is. And they're so high. I see my four-year-old's like, oh, my gosh. And he's attached, and it's safe. And they, when the kids fall, you know, they, they just they land really softly. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is worth all the money. Rock climbing. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I mean, our kids are up. How high and how deep and as far as the east is from the west. The love of God, you cannot get separated from it. It is beyond our understanding. He is saying, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And guess who's knocking? Kindness is knocking. Love is knocking. Grace is knocking. Jesus is knocking. Come on, somebody thank him right now. It's not the God of wrath. It's the God of mercy. But you got to understand this about doors and God. Not every knock is God. Just because you hear a knock doesn't mean you open the door. In fact, write that down. Not every knock is a God. Not every opportunity is a God opportunity. Not, just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. Just because you hear somebody at the door doesn't mean get off the couch and let them in. No, sometimes you've got to discern between the knock of heaven and the knock of the enemy. Because both are knocking. That's why the Bible says, I set before you life and death. Choose wisely. I'm going to knock from heaven. I'm going to knock from hell. Choose wisely. That's why from the first book of the Bible in the fourth chapter, the Bible has been describing what's at your door. It's not just God. Look at Genesis chapter 4. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the there he is. He's lying. He's crouching tiger, hidden dragon. This is a movie. And he's just, and he's just, he's crouching at the door and he's trying to get, you ever be at somebody's house and they open the door and they try and keep their dogs from getting out? And they're like, they barely open the door and they're like, Sammy, stop it. Oh, sorry about that. In my head, when they do that, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to come in with all that. I'm good. That's a lot. That is, you already got a lot going on. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm, I stay right here. You come to my house. In fact, you come to my house. I'm the house with the old door. 
Not every knock is God. Not every knock is freedom. Not every knock is future. You got to be careful in L.A. Because there's a lot of knocks on your door. And there is a knock that leads to death and a knock that leads to life. And you got to shut the door and keep out the devil. So just because you hear a knock, you got to discern. That sounds like grace. That sounds like Jesus. I, I know, you ever notice how God knocks when you don't expect God to knock? You can be going to bed in your car about to sin. Who am I preaching to? Someone's like, oh, it's God. It's God. <laughs> oh, that's God. <laughs> you got to know who's God. Because sin is crouching. Trying to find a sliver. That's why the old saying, what, you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Same thing with God. Who do you want to take a mile in your life? Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, and so does the enemy. And one will lead you to hell and get you twisted and all seduced and all messed up and bankrupt, bankrupt in your soul. And the other one will make you free and give you purpose and give you identity and give you favor. The decision is yours. you got to know what to do with the door. you got to know what to do with the door. I'm, I'm trying to just teach you, Los Angeles, what to do with the door because we live in a city filled with doors, filled with opportunities. And you got to get good at knowing what's God, what's not. Because remember, John 10, 10, our, our church is founded on this scripture. The evil one comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I got to keep the door shut to the enemy. I got to open the door to the king of glory. Give him a praise today. I'm, I'm learning what to do with the door. Somebody's at the door. His name is Jesus. I'm a just, I just want to give you six things. This is what to do with the door. Here's the first thing. Write down number one. I love this reality about God. Write down number one. If it could come on the screen, that would be fantastic. A door you must knock on with prayer before it will open. A door, you, sometimes you got to knock on the door with prayer before it will open. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So sometimes in prayer, you got to knock on that door. Let me speak to all the entrepreneurs, all the business leaders. you got to knock on that door for your business. Parents, you knock on that door for your children. Come on, Zoe, we're knocking on the door of Los Angeles saying, this city belongs to Jesus. Come on, we're going to knock on the door, and we're going to see the King of Glory open up the door and make a way where there seems to be no way. Give them a praise today. Sometimes you knock on the door with prayer. Look at the next one. I love this reality. You lift up your door in worship and the king of glory comes in. You lift up your door in worship. God, this door is stuck. This door will not break. This door, I can't find the key. This door seems stuck. I lift up my door in worship and I watch the king of glory come in. 
Look at Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. If you're here and you're like, I can't get the door of my career to open. I can't get the door of my marriage to break. I can't get the door of my future to swing wide. Lift it up in worship. And you watch the king of glory come in and establish himself in that situation and make a way. Oh, I love this next one, number three. A great effective door will always have adversaries to keep you away from God doors. Now, I want to show you this one. This is so powerful. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Translation, a great door opened. It's an effective door, and all kinds of haters came out of the woodwork. Now, just a heads up. If you don't want any haters in your life, never do anything with your life. It got quiet in here. Because, and notice Paul says this. He didn't say, I opened a door for myself. But God opened a great and effective door. Now, most of the times when a great effective door happens for you, not only is it great and not only is it effective, but it provokes jealousy inside of people in your life. Why are people jealous of you? Because they want what you have, and they want to be where you are. So you just got to know, when a great and effective door opens from God, I'm okay with adversaries. The Bible told me they were coming. But I'm not going to let them stop me from the God doors in my life. I'm not going to let some comment. I'm not going to let some jealousy. I'm not going to let some hatred. I'm not going to let some friends pull me down. God opened for me a great and effective door. I pray over your life that you will experience such favor that some wild door opens, a door of possibility, a door of opportunity, a door of favor, a door, of a door that's like, oh my gosh, how did this door open? But I pray for strength over you that when the adversaries come, it doesn't keep you from the God door that just opened in your life. Come on, somebody praise him and make a declaration right now. I know they're coming. It doesn't scare me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't be, I'm just going to keep on going and keep serving. A great and effective door. I pray not only great doors, I pray effective doors over your life. What good is a great door if it's not an effective door? And I just know that when that door opens, it's a God door, and I can't let haters keep me from the door that God opened. Amen. Let me give you a few more. Watch this next one. Every valley has a door of hope. Worship team, come join me. Every valley. If you're in a storm, if you're in a trial, if you're in a situation, if you're a Clipper fan, if you're a Dodger fan, Come on, four years. If you're a Dodger fan, every valley has a door. Oh, I love this about God. Every valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't have to fear. Why? There's a door. You, you, you know what? If you're going through the worst season of your life. If you're going through hell on earth right now. If you feel like quitting. If you feel like there's no hope. Good news. Every valley has a door. Say, where did the door come from? How did the door show up? Our God can make a way where there seems to be no way. 
This is the God of the valley. He always says, whenever you walk through the valley, just a heads up, two things. I am with you and there's a door. And it's not just a door, it's a door of hope. Watch what he says here in Hosea chapter 2. I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Acre as a door of hope. In other words, God said, I'm going to give you a door of hope. So guess what? You might feel weak. You might feel like quitting. You might feel like it's too much. You might feel like it's the end. Just a heads up, there's a door. And when you walk through that door, it's a door that's got hope on the other side. And my Bible says that my God's hope doesn't disappoint. It's not a door I got through and I go, really? Really? Oh, I walked all this way and walked through the door and this is what was on the other side? Really? Really? That's a door of hope. A hope that doesn't disappoint. Can I give you two more? Just two more. Just watch this. I love these. This is, this is the reality. The Lord wants to open your prison doors. Why does he stand at the door and knock? Why does he say, if you open the door, I'll come and dine with you? Because remember, God's agenda in your life. He wants you to know God and find freedom. The reason why God wants to dine with you is because he, he's knocking and he can see you're bound. And you're addicted. And you are you are chained to bitterness. You are chained to a person. You are chained to your past. And Jesus is knocking. And he's saying, I'm not going to let this happen. You're my son. You're my daughter. And I want in that house. I want in that door. I want in that home. And I'm going to set you free. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And whom the son sets free is free indeed. Come on, give him a praise today. He wants to come in and set the captives free. He says, when I dine with you, you'll never be the same. When I dine with you and I create relationship and I give you my grace, you'll be set free. You'll no longer be bound. You'll no longer be addicted. You'll no longer be a prisoner. Oh, I love this verse. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. God wants to set you free from your prison doors. And I love this last one. This is the last thing I want to teach you about doors today. Lift up your faith and worship and watch doors open suddenly. Lift up your faith and worship and you just all of a sudden, like that door was shut, that door was locked, that relationship was broken, that thing was gone, and all of a sudden, you lift up that door in worship, in faith, and I'm telling you, God can do... In one moment, God could change everything around. In one moment, God could speak to somebody. In one moment, God can elevate you. In one moment, God can soften your heart. In one moment, God can set you free. In one moment, God can turn your life around. In one moment, it just takes one moment. So you lift up that door and it's, we serve the God that suddenly. It says they were in Acts chapter 2 just worshiping and suddenly like a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit overwhelmed them. Suddenly God showed up. Look here in Acts 16, same, same book of the Bible. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the, that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Lift it up and experience the suddenly from heaven. I promise you, these are not encouraging words. These are not positive words. These are God's words. This is not a man's thought. This is God's word. 
And God's word never returns void. Says in Isaiah that when God's word goes out, it always accomplishes the task it was sent to accomplish. God's word today is landing on your heart and God is standing and he's knocking and he's saying, do you realize that if you, if you open this door, I won't barge in. I will not come in uninvited. I will not dine with you and let you let, unless you let me. If you open this door, I'll come in and I have so much freedom. I have so much favor. I have so much purpose. I have so much identity. I have, come on, someone's knocking at the door today, Zoe. Someone's knocking at the door and it's the King of Kings. It's the Lord of Lords. It's the great I am. It's the bread of life. It's the living water. Come on, if you're thankful today, why don't we just clap as a church? Come on, we're going to know what to do with this door.